Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Aussie Talks. Today is episode 15, and we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. Now, if you haven't gone and had a listen or a watch to episode 14, then what are you doing with yourself, guys? Bryce Street, the opening batsman for the Queensland Bulls in the Sheffield Shield, go give it a listen on Spotify or give it a watch on YouTube. It was great to talk to him. We covered a lot of things about his story, about cricket in general, and it was a very enjoyable thing to do. So if you haven't already, go and check that out. I'm sure you will get some enjoyment out of it. But today is a new day and we got a new episode. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. We got some AFL to talk about. We've got some golf to talk about. We got cricket to talk about. I got my 60 second rant, the big call. We are back in business. So here we go. Without further ado, let's dive in to our first topic of the day and that is just AFL. There's a lot to cover. Quarter time lead. Knocked down to Selwood. Wouldn't it be great? Got it working the right way. The skipper, the hero, the superstar. What a moment. Joel Selwood has nailed a goal. The emotions bubble over here at the MCG. Now, as I'm recording this podcast, it has been just short of two weeks since we saw one of the most disappointing grand finals uh, of my life. I compare it to the 2019 grand final, just the sheer boring uh, part of it. The game was over at quarter time. Uh, it was a big disappointment because it was such a good final series and such a good AFL season. Um, and unfortunately, Sydney played their grand final the week before um, by doing the AFL world a great service and making sure Collingwood didn't make the grand final. Um, so fair play for that, Sydney, but you didn't turn up in the grand final, which was a big disappointment. Geelong obviously got the win. Joel Selwood went out in the best possible way. Um, and as someone who has watched him throughout his whole career, he's one of the best players I've seen. Um, he's right up there with Luke Hodge in terms of the best captain Um that I've seen in my time watching AFL. And for him to go out like that, even though for a majority of career, I hated the way he played with the way he ducked his head and everything, there was no better way to go out and fair fair play for him to doing that. Um, unfortunately, my big call of the Brisbane Lions winning the premiership uh, did not come to fruition. I thought it was a fairy tale story. They went into prelim final week. I'm like, I'll tell you what, they've beaten Richmond in the, at the death. They beat Melbourne towards the end of the game there. They, you know what? Fairy tale story, I'm backing them. And the game was over as soon as Hipwood dropped that wide open chest mark out of the wing in the second quarter. So it was a big disappointment uh, for Brisbane there. But I reckon they've got some bigger issues. And again, this may not seem very relevant, um, as some other stuff in the AFL world has happened uh, since we have seen the AFL Grand Final played. Um, but the racism scandal, whatever you want to call it, that has basically brought the careers of Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan uh, to an abrupt halt at the moment. Obviously, with what's come out, if any of it is sort of true, um, especially when it's got to do with uh, the communication with family members and the potential uh, of asking a player or hinting at a player that their wife should or partner should have an abortion, if that is true, um, and we'll wait and see what happens in the investigation, but if that is true, then Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan should never be in the AFL uh, coaching world again. I will say this, and I think the Alistair Clarkson lawyers and Chris Fagan's lawyers have handled this really well. The problem is this report got leaked. This report came out earlier than it should have. No, there's no way the AFL would have allowed this report to come out during grand final week. I don't know if there's a leak inside the AFL or some journalist got their hands on it because can you imagine if Brisbane won the prelim 
it came out like on the Tuesday or the Wednesday that this whole racism saga that was going on. Can you imagine if Brisbane won that game? Would they get rid of Chris Fagan for the grand final? Would they step him down? Would he stand aside? Would he coach um, over this report into the na- the uh, over this report into the treatment of First Nations people? So there's a leak that has obviously put this out to the public, which has caused um, a bit of a trial by media. And I don't think, even if it comes out that these allegations are rubbish, I don't think even in the public sort of realm that anyone will forgive Alistair Clarkson or Chris Fagan, even if this proved to be, even if it is proven that they are innocent. And that's the problem um, with it being played out this way. And, look, it doesn't look good for them, but we'll wait and see what happens uh, with the investigation. I think coaching North Melbourne uh, is should be Alistair Clarkson's punishment. I think that is one of the most inhumane things that they could get him to do because um, that club is in disarray. However, there is always, if you ever in life where you're a little bit like, you know what, I'm a bit down. I feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I don't know what to do with myself. You can always look at the Essendon Football Club and they will give you a great laugh. You know, over the last 10 years, they've been drug cheats. They've had a Brownlow medalist take, or they've had Joe Watson get his Brownlow stripped away from them. In the last 18 years, they have not won a final. So if you ever struggle... You know, you're like, I tell you what, I'm just not having a good day. Just search up the Essendon Football Club and some news will break about them and it'll give them a laugh. What I'm referring to is their president and his resigning termination of contract, whatever you want to call it, 24 hours after he was signed. So I've got a little timeline here of the Essendon Football Club over the last three years. Here we go. So in 2020, John Warsfold, a premiership coach um, and player, I believe, departed as coach. Their president stepped down, Lindsay Tanner, and Paul Brasher. I think I said his name wrong. You know I'm terrible with names if you're a regular listener to this podcast, but he became president. 2021, Rutten takes over. It was a great year for the Eston Football Club. I don't think many... picked them to make finals. They made finals. You know, they had a competitive game against the Bulldogs uh, where they lost by about 30 points or so as uh, in memory. So you come 2022, you've got this expectation you've recruited well. They finished like, what, 14th on the ladder or something like that? Complete disappointment and in just a disgusting season by the players. Um, so this is what has happened. Ben Rutten got sacked as coach in the most just terrible way you can treat a coach. Uh, they went after Alistair Clarkson. It didn't work. Um, and, you know, I feel so sad, so sad for Ben Rutten because he shouldn't have been treated this way. They had their president step down, who started in 2020. Xavier Campbell resigned as CEO. David Barman uh, took over as president. They appointed Brad Scott as coach, which I'm so happy with because it means he's out of the AFL world um, and that whole – so not out of the AFL world, it's out of working in AFL head office because uh, he ruined the game for about six weeks when it was arms out, umpire descent. Um, so if he ever complains about the umpires in his entire coaching career and if he ever has a bag at them, he is the most hypocritical hypocritical individual of all time because he ruined the game for about six weeks during this year. But anyway, I'll keep going. Then – on, what's this, maybe the 2nd of October, Andrew Thornburn, or however you say his name, became the, became the CEO. Now, for those of you who don't know him, he was the head of the NAB Bank for eight years, I think it was, six to eight years, something like that. And then two days later, a day later, I think it is, he resigned as CEO. This is the Essendon Football Club. They got a bloke. They clearly didn't do a background check on him. 
because if they didn't want his values in or his own personal beliefs, but I don't think, I don't agree with his personal beliefs, but as a CEO, your job is to put a good product out there onto the field and generate revenue for a football club so you can, can be successful as a business and as a football club. As long as his personal values don't go over into the board of, direct, uh, board of directors or doesn't interfere with the players, I don't have an issue with his beliefs. I don't know how that sort of goes. And the fact that if he has had his contract terminated because of his beliefs, it sets a very bad precedent um, for guys getting employed in any sort of realm. Um, But yeah, if the Essendon Football Club didn't want him at the club for those beliefs or whatever, don't hire him in the first place. It's not that hard. Like seriously, just read any handbook on like how to not be an incompetent football club and you'll be right. And as a St Kilda fan myself, usually we're the ones getting laughed at for really stupid stuff or just being the worst football club any team could support over the last 150 years. But there's always a great time where you can look at Essendon and have a good chuckle to yourself. So that's my AFL breakdown. It's been about six weeks since I spoke about the AFL. But uh, yeah, the Essendon Football Club terrible. The fact he had to resign over his beliefs is just appalling. I hope he sues the AFL and wins a packet um, because it was an issue when he was at the NAB Bank when he approached the AFL to do a pride game uh, when he was NAB uh, boss, but when he is now the CEO of a football club, that's when it's an issue. So, great logic once again, but Essendon Football Club, you just make it so easy to have fans to laugh at yourself. So, Good job, you're incompetent. All right, it is now time for the fan favourite 60-second rant. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! All right, so for those of you who don't know, I'm currently completing year 12 at the moment, so it's pretty pretty busy and full-on. So I found out the other day that for your exams that you do, that you put all your time and effort into, the examiners only look at your paper for around three to four minutes. So I've got 60 seconds on the clock, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include some facts and figures. I've done my research here, and this is how much the examiners care about uh, the hard work you put in. So 60 seconds on the clock, three, two, one, go. Now, on average, you spend 195 days at school every year, give or take, you know, perfect attendance, you know, curriculum days, public holidays. And since we're in Victoria, we get a public holiday every other week, pretty much. Um, You know, it's going to vary a bit. So 195 days, you know how many minutes that is? That is 280,800 minutes that you spend over those 195 days. Now, it'll be a little bit less because you're not at school the whole day. Stay with me. 195 days you're at school for. I've been at school for 13 years nearly. That's 2,535 days I've been at school since a prep. Now, if we go back to the minutes thing I was talking about, you times that, how many minutes? 195 days is you times that over 13 years. That is 3,650,400. So all that, all that hard work that build up your foundational skills leads to four minutes in the eventual exam. Hire more people, the Department of Education, because this is a disgrace. See how much work the year 12s put in? And you give us four minutes out of 3,650,400 that we are basically spending at school throughout our 13 years. So that's our minute up. Um... That is a very personal 60-second rant there because I was appalled when I found out the other day that this is our system. Dustin Johnson. Up it goes! 
Now, I want to touch on um, some golf. Now, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but it's something that my interest has gone up quite a bit in uh, the recent few months. I want to talk about Live Golf, especially. I've got it up on my TV now as I'm watching and uh, or as I'm recording this podcast. And my whole thing that I'm going to talk about is behind the official world golf ranking uh, board deciding that Live Golf uh, does not deserve these points. Now... They're trying to play the moral high ground, say, oh, there's Saudi money behind it. We know the Saudis' record with human rights. We can't give points to this live golf. Mate, if you're not, mate, you've got Saudi money in the PGA Championship. You've got Saudi money in the NFL, in F1, in every motorsport imaginable. So if you're not going to watch live golf, that's fine. That's your decision. But you can't be watching all of these other sports and go, oh, I'm not watching it because of Saudi money. Saudi money is almost in every sport that you watch. But. My whole point is that there is a large amount of players on the Live Golf Tour who are the best players in the world. They are in the top 50, without a doubt. Guys like Cameron Smith, guys like Dustin Johnson, like Brooks Kepka, like Phil Mickelson, you know, like Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau. These are major winners. But some of them have dropped out of the top 50. Some of them have dropped down in their ranking points. Now, if you are outside the top 50, you do not get an automatic invitation to the majors, and that's what they all play for. Cameron Smith, two weeks ago, won an event in Live Golf by two shots. His world ranking dropped. Despite having won the Open this year, he dropped. And you know who rose? The PGA's tour boy or poster boy or whatever the term is, good old Rory McIlroy, who hasn't won a major in... Eight, nine, nine, I think eight years. Yeah, eight years, but they still put him up on everything and think he's God's gift to the world. But anyway, the Official World Golf Rankings Board has made the decision that Live Golf is not a tour that should receive points. You watch golf to see the best players in the world. If we get around to next year's major championships and guys like D. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, If they drop out of the top 50 or are that low that they don't get an invitation, people will not watch. Dustin Johnson, they've got him ranked as number 26 in the world. The guy is in the top 10. He is in the top 10. Just because he plays on a different tour that's trying to make golf a bit more interesting to watch, I'm watching it now. You see a stroke every like eight seconds. On the PGA Tour, you watch that, you see a stroke every five and a half minutes. It's more interesting. It's something different. You know, I've definitely, my interest in golf has definitely increased by watching this. Official World Golf Rankings Board, stop being hypocritical, stop taking the moral high ground, all right, and give out World Golf Rankings points because guys are starting to drop down. You may be like, oh, you may be watching, oh, they get all this money. Why should they, you know, get these World Ranking points? They are still playing against the best players in the world in some of the most pristine courses all around the world. Now, they did a little deal with a small Middle Eastern tour to get uh, world ranking points for the next two events. But this week, they're playing in Bangkok in Thailand, and they're not getting any points. You know, even blokes who, you know, are maybe not the big names on live, if they were to win, they get no points. How are they meant to establish their career any further? But... That's my thoughts on it anyway. I think it's ridiculous that they're not getting points. It's changing the game of golf for the good. People are tuning in. Young people are tuning in. You know, we've got guys like Cameron Smith who jump shipped and you're not giving out world world golf ranking points. Stop being hypocritical and just, just give it out, man. This is You're seeing the best players in the world right here. Give them out.
All right, it is now time for Jordan's Big Call. Fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguadala. So my big call for this episode is that England will win the T20 World Cup. Now, I would be gladly wrong with this. I'd take it. But the fact is that even though they're undermanned and Bearstow won't play because he got injured playing golf in a freak accident, they just won a series in the subcontinent being so undermanned and having guys play that you've never even heard of that I can't even recite their names. And you've still got Ben Stokes to come back into the team. You've still got a big bowling lineup for them. Uh, they kicked our ass uh, in the group stage of last year's World T20 World Cup. Um, but, yeah, they, I think they choked against New Zealand, I think it was. But, you know, it is in Australia, so I'm just going to make it hard for them in Australian conditions. But I think England, unfortunately, will get the chocolates um, with that. But I will gladly be wrong with that. Um, looking back at some previous big calls that I need little updates on. So I know it's been a while, but the Bulldogs did make finals. Um didn't get to update my big calls uh, since then. So that's another one I got wrong. Um, and I think that's the only one so far. No, Kyrie Irving uh, is still at the Nets unless he gets a last-minute trade before the season starts. And obviously, Brisbane uh, didn't win the premiership. So right now, my record isn't too good. So far, I've gotten the Warriors will win in six with Curry averaging 30 points a game and winning finals MVP. I got that right. Um, Lakers not making the playoffs. That was last year. And we've got a lot of pending ones here. But, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's... Hasn't looked good. I might have to change it from big call to stupid call, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, that's my big call. England will win the T20 Cricket World Cup. All right, that is the end of episode 15 of Aussie Talks. We touched on the AFL today. We touched on my big call with cricket. We had a crack at the education system, as I always seem to do, and nothing gets done. Four minutes for your whole exam time is just a ridiculous proposition. And then you also, then I also talked about some golf. Now, in terms of last episode when I spoke to Bryce Street it's received some really good feedback um, from all the listeners so I'd like to thank you for that I will make or I will try my absolute best to try and get more guests on for you guys because it's something that I really enjoy doing and uh, something that I think you all enjoyed hearing uh, Bryce Street's story and how he approaches the game it'll be good to get some other people on so you can hear their stories as well um, but yeah thanks for tuning in to episode 15 here make sure to share the podcasts around so we can grow this little community and uh yeah thanks for tuning in and uh take care cheers